Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to Noise Filter. Today, Hope, uh, my co-host, could not be here. Instead, we have today probably the smartest and brightest person that I know, and that's my wife. Her name is Liana Elliott. Welcome to the show, Liana. Thank you for co-hosting. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Corporatization of the psychedelic field and how this affects accessibility to these new therapeutics. Recently, the use of psychedelic compounds such as psilocybin, which is also what we refer to as magic mushrooms, LSD, which people refer to colloquially as acid, and ketamine has been making major headlines for their use as psychological therapeutics, in particular for depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Research into the therapeutic potential of these drugs has been happening quietly for some time, but within the past four years, there have been some leaps in permissions to research and access related to therapies, along with increased public acceptance of these kinds of interventions. Now we are seeing pharmaceutical companies and startups aggressively filing patents on these psychedelic compounds and raising millions of dollars from investors. Shocked. Right? However, these patent claims from psychedelic-focused pharmaceutical companies have received pushback from scientists and patient advocates. They Yay. worry that corporate efforts to monetize and profit Ooh. from existing drugs Ooh. such as psilocybin Ooh. and the other psychedelics could thwart academic research and restrict public access to them by making these new therapies too expensive. Ooh. Oh, I wonder why. It's not like we've never seen that happen before. The reason why many people are having a huge problem with patents being filed by pharmaceutical companies is because humans have been taking psychedelics like psilocybin, which are now starting to become decriminalized, I think, in Colorado and I think even the city of Oakland as well. People have been taking psychedelics, like we said, psilocybin or mushrooms for millennia, oftentimes in ritualistic settings, which have a similar end goal, the attainment of a psychological stability. Therefore, monetizing psilocybin or its route of administration is unethical in the eyes of many people. Some people call this patent trolling. I've not heard that term, so I love it. Uh, Patent trolling or claiming you've invented something when you didn't. That's so well stated. Even though psychedelics are still technically illegal under federal law, the FDA has been more lenient with their uses as therapeutic interventions. Currently, the FDA is looking into approval of MDMA, which many of you may know as ecstasy and psilocybin, as treatments for depression and PTSD. In addition, the NIH is funding psychedelic research for the first time in decades. Because all of this new attention on the psychedelic market, investments have been pouring in. In 2021, the psychedelics market was worth around $3.6 billion, but is expected to reach $8.3 billion in the next five years. And therapy centers are already charging over $10,000 for a one or two day psychedelic experience that's overseen by healthcare professionals. 
So the surge of money into this field is luring talented researchers away from academia and into industry. In addition, the patents being filed by these pharmaceutical companies are squandering the incentive for other companies to enter the field and in turn making psychedelic therapies too expensive for the general public to afford should more of these patents be approved. So you can go and pick up mushrooms in the wild, grow them with instructions that you can find on the internet. So access to some of these chemicals is likely something that can never be controlled completely. But drugs like MDMA, which are showing amazing outcomes for depression and PTSD, could be kept illegal for everyone using them outside of an expensive clinical setting, which would likely present difficulties for them to be accessed equitably. Making these drugs unattainable by those in need will only lead to a black market, which makes attaining them dangerous for people seeking psychological assistance. While it is important to take these powerful compounds in supportive and clinical environments to ensure the best chance of seeing their long-term benefits, it is important that everybody has access to them. So Liana, one of the things that we talk about on the show all the time that you and I personally talk about all the time, uh, because it's something that you and I are very concerned about. It's just the hypercapitalization of our society, of medicine, and nothing shows it more than this. And what we're just seeing is capital moving in, finding a new gig, if you will, and just capitalizing on it and making it difficult for it to be practiced equitably. And this is why, for me, I mean, this is one of the main reasons why I call myself a socialist. I call myself a socialist because I don't like this capitalization the, the hyper unregulated capitalistic society that we live within because it creates winners and losers and those winners have the advantage and they're able to create new winners and new winners and they're constantly able to keep themselves winning. Why people like us are constantly on the other side and we're held out unless you are particularly wealthy. And the wealthy people are all the winners, right? And, and at least in this scenario, the fact that it, it bleeds into medicine also makes it that much more difficult to consider uh, because people's health now are involved. And that just makes it a, a difficult, a more difficult pill to swallow. Thoughts, Liana? So not to, you know, pour more fuel on your fire here, but it's actually worse than that. These drugs were being researched extensively in post-World War II United States, and they were criminalized. This was all part of the like oh, these, you know, protests or hippies, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And this free, and there was this huge backlash against this idea of opening up your mind and be taking something that in any way alters your psyche, which is literally what these things do. They give you a new perspective. They sometimes rewire your brain in these really, really cool, really interesting ways. And they were being researched in academic and scientific settings. And and then they were criminalized because they were associated with the anti-war efforts. And that drove the whole research and use of these, these compounds underground. So instead, what happened? Okay, fear pushed all of it underground. People still saw therapeutic advantages that they could gain from using these compounds and continue to research them and use them and find ways that they could help people with PTSD and depression and all the things that we just discussed. And now pharmaceutical companies are like, oh, wait a second. Oh, this works? Oh, fantastic. Great. Let me go ahead and patent that. They knew it worked, but it was also made very hard to work with these substances because where are you yes, going to get it yes. from, right? 
And yes, now that yes, a lot of yes, states yes. are, the progressive states are starting to decriminalize and even legalize recreational use of some of these, it's easier to find the compounds to even get them to study them. And now we have right, the evidence right. in academic settings that we've known for so long to be true and showing and demonstrating through scientific method, these are effective, they work. And so not like I'm ever going to be defending pharmaceutical companies, but it's not that they were saying we are not going to do this because we can't make a profit on it. It was actually very hard to study these and to test them and develop them until people started pushing for this legalization. And now it's opened up a whole new pathway. The nefarious-ish part, in my view, is the patenting. That's messed up. These can really help so many people. They could be so affordable, so accessible. And, you know, of course, of course, America's, you know, business is business. You got to make money on it. So it's all about that patent. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at HopeHickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at The Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to NoiseForTheShow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your health care providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right.